Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. You are listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast, the third coast of Texas. The darkest truths from the darkest web need to be told. And you must listen to the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Greetings, everybody out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. And it is my pride and privilege to be doing so. So thank you all very, very much, listeners, new and old alike, I mean that most sincerely. Check out Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan to find links to all my social media. If you have not done so, go ahead and subscribe, like, and share uh, those pages, as well as your favorite episodes or this episode across all the social media and you know social uh, message boards, chat sites, etc. that you peruse and get it in the front of as many eyes as you think would help you know spread the message spread the gospel of the beyond top secret texan and get us a lot more traction and a much larger footprint on the internet for 2023 than we have had in 2022 so we're just trying to keep the meteoric rise and accelerationist uh, trajectory of the Beyond Top Secret Texans growing popularity, influence, and importance, uh, you know, fresh and alive. But we need everyone to help out. It's free to do, easy for you, five minutes, just liking, subscribing, and sharing. Uh, This episode, leave a five-star rating Hell, leave a one-star rating. Love those, too. But definitely, definitely become a little bit more active. And it would be much obliged by myself. As this is a solo project. And we're fighting against mainstream censorship, big tech censorship, deep state censorship. And, of course, all the covert occult secret societies, cults, and covens that operate in all arenas and strata of life and are as diverse as the seasons themselves but united in their common enemy, the truth And the liberated human soul. And the truth will set you free. So we support the truth and truth tellers.
and definitely support the teller of the darkest truths on the darkest web, the beyond top secret Texan. Now today, it's going to be a great pleasure to kind of do a dual interview, a swap cast, with a fellow South Texan paranormal podcast. They are the We Believe Do You podcast. The We Believe dot 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 do you question mark podcast. I believe they are called ellipses. We believe ellipses do you question mark podcast. South Texas show, South Texas creators, South Texas paranormal investigators by their nature. They have been podcasting since 2020. They are the brother and sister duo of Eric and Michelle Connor. I've been wanting to focus and highlight more Texas paranormal investigators, specifically South Texas paranormal investigators, and this is right up that alley. This is a incredible uh, opportunity to get to talk to people who are in my neighborhood, in my locality, in my state, um, who share many of the same cultural roots, especially the the kind of gestalt nature of the curiosity of the paranormal, and really interested to see how this interview goes, exactly, uh, we'll be interviewing them for 30 minutes, and then we'll be asking them, you know, the questions of their career and personality and passions, and then we'll be going into a 30-minute interview where I discuss a paranormal event, a close encounter that happened to me in September of 2022. So... Thank you very much for tuning in to this broadcast. Thank you very much for your continued attention and your support, whether it be purely moral or be moving into you know, financial or more active promotion cooperation or collaboration you know we thank you in advance so thank you very much out there in dreamland next time you hear me you we will be talking to uh, Eric and Michelle Connor of the we believe ellipses do you question mark podcast a South Texas independent Paranormal Investigative Podcast. We're very excited. So stick around. Thank you very much. Saying it, so I kind of know, but I don't fully know. So I'm excited to hear uh, what you got for us today, for sure.
Well, like, exactly. So I'm going to try to interview guys for half an hour. And because uh, I'm equally interested in how uh, South Texas paranormal investigators like yourself come to be what Vince in your life drove your passions and got you really interested in this. And then how your process has been as a fellow podcaster. Um, I started in 2020 uh, as well as I see that you guys did it too. So I think that's a very good year for podcasters. I think a lot of people have just kind of like decided to take the plunge into either YouTube or podcasting or TikTok or something around that time. But um, what I've been trying to do a lot lately is get into Texas. I basically try to build a, a lot of interviews with uh, Texas-based paranormal investigators in South Texas, especially independent uh, podcast, independent creators independent paranormal people because I think our area, uh, I'm from Corpus Christi, uh, Corpus Christi based and, and born and raised. And I went to school in Texas and lived here most of my life. So this area is both, I know, uh, under, under respected, under talked about, like, it's just not, it's just kind of goes under the radar. It's very obscure compared to like California, New York, you know, the haunted, uh, places like, you know, in Georgia and stuff, but we have a lot of, uh, accounts a lot of interest into it a lot of very special people working in this field and i think that like you guys are some of them so uh however you would like however much you would like to divulge you know just you feel free because this is going to be about you guys for the first half hour too yeah of course yeah. sounds good yeah so i mean like that's what i said like it's not only about yeah, i want to interview you guys too so <laughs> yeah it's like so don't 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 feel shy about telling me about it however much you would like to talk about your personal um, process and journey and career. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's always awkward for Eric and I because we're like, no, wait, we're always on the other side <laughs> doing the interviewing, so this part of it is always kind of uh, weird, I guess. But I don't know, Eric, do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Do you have a preference? Um, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think you should start just because I feel like the whole reason why we started this was your brainchild. I feel like I'm kind of just, I'm along for the ride, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess, uh, I don't know. Should we start from like the very beginning? Or? Yeah. Do you have an intro or anything you would like to, uh, first say like any kind of, uh, introduction for your channel? Um, uh, like how, how would you introduce yourself in your own words? Like, uh, any social media links you would like to give anything like that? Um, uh, I'm already recording on my end, so if you guys just wanted to jump into who you are, how can people get to know you, how can they, you know, get a hold of you or listen to you, uh, where to find you, you know, yeah, the, you got the mic. Yep. Yeah. All right, sweet. So uh, I am Michelle, and the other voice that you heard is Eric, uh, and we are a brother and sister duo from, uh, originally from Brownsville, Texas. I'm up in Austin, Texas now, um, but... Uh, we have we started up our podcast back in 2020, also called We Believe. Do you? Uh, and I mean, the title is kind of pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we have always been, you know, super into the paranormal. I think maybe I might have started a little bit earlier than than Eric. But uh, as far as you know, the the podcast we're on um, uh, Instagram and on Facebook mostly. And we have people come on to share their paranormal experiences that they've had. And then we also will do 
um, like stories of high strangeness. So we'll either have people send in stories or sometimes we'll pull some from Reddit as well of just whether it's ghosts or aliens or just cryptids, weird things, whatever it may be. Uh, and then we also do deep dives at the beginning of the month where we uh, pick a topic um, and just kind of do like an hour long episode on, on that kind of stuff. But uh, that's, that's our podcast and kind of how we got started. I mean, yeah, like you said, COVID was kind of like, okay, what do we do? Podcast or <laughs> something else? And um, we always found that talking about the paranormal was our favorite thing. And we noticed too a lot that people get shut down uh, when they're talking about maybe some of these more, you know, obscure quote unquote things. Um, but we just eat it up. Like we, we love it. We love, you know, getting full body chills and stuff. So when we do our podcast, uh, specifically interviewing people, we wanted to feel like, yeah, like just three friends kind of talking about spooky stuff. And, um, it's always a lot of fun and, and really laid back. And we love hearing, you know, the stories that people have to share. Now, right on, right on. Um, quick observation. I already see you guys are over 100 episodes. So any yeah. plans in the future um, to keep that momentum up or to maybe branch off into documentaries or a YouTube channel or something? Uh, maybe uh, what, what is on the future for, for you guys moving into 2023 and onward? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we're pretty... I, I, uh, this isn't like our only uh, thing we do. So like we're, we really try and just do the best that we can in this space. Uh, I mean, eventually I think we've always talked about maybe doing, doing it to where we can record. Uh, well, like right now we're recording our, our video, but we don't actually use the video uh, in, on YouTube. We did, we do have a YouTube channel, but only I would say like maybe a third or half of our episodes. I think it might've been a third of our episodes have gone up on there, but it's just audio as well. And we didn't really get a lot of views on there because of it, I'm assuming. So I think like it's just to continue to, to interview people, to continue giving people a space where they can come on and, and, you know, tell those, tell their stories and, uh, not feel maybe judged. eventually, yeah, not feel judged, and eventually maybe get some video on YouTube. But I mean, to be honest, the big a big part of why we started this was like Michelle mentioned is we. I mean, since we don't live, we're, we've always been pretty close, you know, growing up. Uh, and when she ended up leaving, this like we would talk on the phone every once in a while, and it, and eventually the conversation always came around to something you know, weird that happened to us and stuff like that. So we were like, you know what? Uh, This is like our way to also talk to each other and continue those conversations like on a weekly basis, you know? So um, I think that's what it is. It's just continue to be able to speak with each other and to give people a platform where they can come on and and, uh, uh, tell their stories. And whether that's through video, on YouTube, on you know, Spotify, whatever it is, it's just that. And, and right on, you know. man. No, I mean, that's really wholesome. That's really like heartwarming. That, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I like that a lot that you guys did it because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of love. It's like a, you know, family business that it keeps you guys together, even though you guys are both kind of growing up and like, you know, it keeps you guys, uh, close, you know, that's important. People yeah. don't realize that you know, that's really cool. That's really cool. You guys are really lucky to be able to work together like that. 
No, that's awesome. Uh, so I'm assuming you guys have had a lot of uh, experiences or personal, um, you know, events that have happened that created your passion in the paranormal. Is it is that the case, or how did you guys get that passion? How did you guys get that interest in the paranormal? Yeah, I, I think for me that, and, and this is actually part of our podcast because of it. Uh, we always you know, introduce our guests. And the first question that we always ask them was, what was your very first paranormal experience? Uh, Because I feel like everyone has kind of like that life-changing moment that kind of gets them sucked into all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, Eric and I used to watch a lot of, uh, like, unsolved mysteries and, you know, probably things that we shouldn't have been watching or it kind of, like, freaked us out. And I know that unsolved mysteries is a lot of, like, true crime stuff, but there is a lot of... Uh, UFO and alien, you know, things as well. So that was always fun. I was just watching but, some unsolved uh, mysteries. No, I was, I absolutely yeah. agree. Robert Stack, the the you know update, <laughs> like yeah. yeah, 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 update. And like Tales from the Crypt too. Yeah, just <laughs> oh, Tales from the um, Crypt is uh is a is a gold standard. I can't imagine someone yes. from South Texas who didn't grow up watching that as a child, it, like as way too young. And, and it's just like, yeah. way, it, even <laughs> as an adult, it's young. very disturbing. And it's just like, they didn't have any censorship back on HBO in the nineties. It was just like, yeah. what do you want? Murder, sex. You got it all. <laughs> Creepy, like funny zombies for adults. Exactly. Yeah. It's got like, uh, it's like, uh, it's not even a lot of twists or turns. It's just in your face. It's like from the moment it starts yeah. to the moment it ends, it's like a, it's it's intense. No, Tales from the Crypt is a way, way too uh, awesome of a show not to keep you know always watching, like always just keep that alive. Yeah, yeah. wait, wait, that, yeah, but definitely. Exactly. So, uh, so exposure to this media, uh, the doorways were open basically. So, uh, the, yeah, yeah, I, and and uh, like this. I don't know if maybe I had other experiences when I was younger, but I guess the, the very first one that I could remember, um, we always said that like our house was haunted. There's things that would kind of happen or things that we would see. Um, but I, I just distinctly remember uh, this this one time where my brother and my cousin was staying over there upstairs. And we had um, you know two story. And at the very bottom of the stairs, uh, I noticed that one of my dolls was, it was almost like a spotlight, just, you know, a light that we had at the bottom of the stairs, like right on my doll. And I was like, okay, there it is. So I go down to get it. Uh, and then I noticed that my dog had just like chewed it up. So the head's all chewed up. It's like all mangled. And I was like, well, that's a bummer. But then I heard, help me. And in my kid mind, I was like, well, that's the doll. And I like threw it and I'm like, it's possessed. Oh my God, whatever. And I ran upstairs and then I thought that, okay, my cousin and my brother are just playing a trick on me. Um, but they're in the room, like door shut, like playing video games. And as fast as I ran up those stairs, like there's no way in hell that they could have gotten in there, sat down, been super calm and me not have seen them or heard them just because of the way that our staircase is kind of set up. Um, so I knew what I had heard was not them. Uh, now was it the doll? Like, I don't know, but our downstairs of our house was very active. If, if, very active, yeah. So I don't know if I was hearing uh, something else. And then just stories that we've heard uh, or we had other people, like we had nannies and stuff uh, kind of taking care of us. And they would, you know, sometimes stay. Now, this was in Brownsville? share stuff with us, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, near Port Isabella or closer to the uh, western border of the city? Mercedes area. Uh, western. 
Western. So uh, I just yeah. want I just want to kind of geolocate uh, areas of mine. I used to have a, a very long term uh, girlfriend who was from Port Isabella, so I'm very familiar with the. Uh, history of the area, you know, the border and everything, and I was thinking maybe that has something. How old was the property? An old property? Do you think it was a a type of ghost from like the settlement days or the Eric, colonial days or the Mexican American War? Like the military and everything. Yeah, no, no. Well, before we do that, the, uh, one of the other things that we were really into as kids because of our father was uh, X Files. So oh, that's yeah. actually oh, yeah. part of part of the reason why mm-hmm. our name is we believe to you is because of Mulder's poster do you believe i want to believe so we were trying to come up with names or i want to believe believe, and yeah so then uh we were thinking of of things and that poster popped up into my head and i was like we believe and then they were like we believe to you so but uh yeah so apparently our property and i think this is throughout the entire city because this was a a huge zone uh like during the Mexican-American War, uh, like a huge um, battle zone. Mm-hmm. So um, behind our house, uh, there's a gas station now. But when they were like starting to dig that, you know, in that area, they built the church back there. And then those other places started to get developed and stuff like that. They ended up apparently finding a bunch of um, bones and stuff like that, like uh, unmarked graves, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I would say that uh, there was a lot of stuff a lot of things that may have happened on this land before you know they became they would they were developed into um neighborhoods and stuff like that the the whole border so, area uh, south yeah, texas and is, i mean um yeah south texas is like a indian burial ground a lot of it is the valley a lot of the uh coastline is and people don't even uh, really know because it's not like it's written down it wasn't like because it's been so many revolutions and the mexican-american war yeah. and then pancho villa and stuff like that and it's just and even now with the cartel stuff yeah. especially now it's not even like it's it ever stopped uh brownsville is is and to el paso uh those border communities just have a lot of uh wandering spirits restless spirits unsolved true crime a lot of you know just just thousands and i mean like thousands of people either go missing or you're meet very tragic ends right along that little strip and so yeah you're yeah it's very interesting to have to have an experience down here because they're very intense i i feel like it's the ghost sightings in south texas are very chilling like they're very like uh they they haunt you it's they're very haunting mm-hmm. And we have a lot of them, like like a very powerful poltergeist activities. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, we like like Michelle mentioned, we had a lot of experiences in this house growing up. Um, our grandfather lived here with us at one point, and I mean, he's got a history with doing things <laughs> that aren't uh, great. Dealing with stuff, Think, yeah. That have, as far as like. Uh, Black magic or voodoo, like yeah. honestly, we don't. We Santeria, don't, huh? Santeria. Totally. So, no, Something. honestly, yeah, like, we, so, yeah, like we we don't know exactly because we were a little too young to like really truly know what what he was doing. Absolutely, um, but it, it was definitely messing with some darker stuff, not not oh. anything just like. A nice light altar. Oh, absolutely <laughs> understand that blessings. it's a sensitive subject, and, and but I can tell you that you're not alone. And I'd say, an, like outside of maybe New Orleans and um, Charleston, South Carolina, and like a few other places, South Texas is very steeped into, uh, for otherwise voodoo, 
for otherwise lack of a better word, and it's practiced indigenously, and that just means everyone does it. Everyone does it. It's it's very common. It's very reliable. And it's very um, it's you know everyone has that relationship with either someone they know or someone in their family that does that practice, and um, it's just so common. It's like uh, you know, it's like it's like New Orleans. It's just so common. It's like you know, people don't really understand it's real, but it's real. Like that stuff is real. It's here, yeah. and it, it's very powerful. It's a force. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, it yeah can, so I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I was gonna say that that kind of relates to what I was going to say when I come when I tell you about the experiences that I have is that it has something to do with probably something that generationally was opened up in this property by practice yeah. like that, but even my practice against it was what people would consider a cult and very voodoo, but it it produced the results it did because it's like, this is a, this is the area for it. <laughs> You know, when in right. Rome, when in New Orleans, you know, it's time to start doing some voodoo. Yeah. 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 And I mean, <clears throat> with us, like, I, we don't know exactly what he did, if he did anything here. We know that he did it previously, like when, you know, when my dad was a child, like a kid, uh, adolescent and stuff like that. Uh, but, but him being here, we don't know exactly if he did anything. I know he had a Ouija board. I don't know if he used it at all here. Um if if he really knew what he was doing, if he was using it, what you know, if he had anything that he like rituals that he did here while you know while he was here, but we did have a lot of like I said, like Michelle said, the, some of the uh, the ladies that would the nannies that would take care of us and stuff like that, um, they had a, and that room where he had ended up staying, they had a lot of experiences where like in the middle of the night they would hear whistling or you know um, feel or hear things and stuff like that and. At, for whatever reason, they decided it was a good idea to talk to, you know, talk Don't about it around about us. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, I know like one of the very first things that I remember experiencing and, it, and it, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was evil or anything, but I was asleep. Uh, we used to obviously share a room actually, actually this room that we're, uh, that I'm s- sitting in right now. Um, my bed was around on against this wall right here that I'm facing. And, uh, we were both asleep. We had little twin beds and, uh, I remember being asleep and we used to sleep with the door open, which this door right here behind me, uh, it was open. And all of a sudden I remember opening my eyes and it was pitch black. And all of a sudden I just see this like figure standing in the door, but it was like this rainbow colored figure, uh, you know, really bright, uh, just like swirling, uh, colors like it, it's not even like a bubble how like a bubble has all those rainbow colors yeah it, it, it uh-huh it, it's the opposite of a shadow person <laughs> right and it was like not like a rainbow in that it was like segmented colors it was just like swirling white colors with you know it was white with mixed with different colors like just all light spectrum colors and uh i remember just being i was scared because obviously i don't know what this is You know, so I remember staring at it and then trying to scream and I couldn't yell until I was finally like I finally was able to slowly start to get my voice out. And I yelled for my parents and I remember them, uh, you know, my father, I I believe my dad was the one that came in first. Uh, My mom was immediately like right behind him. But like as he started walking through the doorway, the figure that I saw kind of just, you know, went away. Now, do you believe this was an extraterrestrial? 
uh, I don't know. I we thought maybe some sort of like well, an angel or something like that. A, but angel, I know yeah. we've ha- we've had ex- well, Michelle's had some stuff happen where they said that she might have been abducted as a child. So it could very well have been an extraterrestrial. That does so sound I, very I don't much. Know. Yeah, that does sound very much like a, 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 a not a shadow man, not a hat man, not a demon, but a, a angel, yeah. an angelic being. Or mm-hmm. some some multi dimensional entity or, or like a extraterrestrial visitor, and yeah. I mean, so what was so? Uh, did you ever see that again, or did, did that no. ever? That was the one. No, that yeah, it was the one time, and like I said, I was terrified. But again, it wasn't because it felt evil. It's just it's a you're it's too something much. As a kid. Yeah, it's way yeah. too. And even in like you know biblical descriptions of angels, people are terrified. Because it's just so, it's just so radical of a reality, you know, something to see, like, you know, that awesome of that light, the word awesome means, you know, kind of to to bring you to awe, like to be terrified of something. And that's exactly how it's described. Like, you know, the, the be not afraid meme is, is 100% accurate. Yeah. When you see extraterrestrials, when you see something paranormal, fear. It's not that you're yeah. you're afraid of it, but there's no other reaction to have. It's like shock and shock and awe. But I would love to hear uh, the the abduction experience that Michelle had. Yeah. Uh, so, and and it, and it's super weird because I feel like a lot of our experiences that we had, we always blamed it on like paranormal, like ghosts kind of thing. And it wasn't until we started doing this podcast that we started to see kind of like, oh, you know, poltergeist activity also happens with, you know, extraterrestrial activity kind of thing, and everything's maybe kind of blended together in some way, or Mm -hmm. you can't really, you know, differentiate, like, what is what. Um, But, I mean, as far as, like, abductions, like, I've, I am not the one that has claimed it. It's, like, other people who have had experiences, but I I just mentioned that, like, uh, I would wake up, in positions or in places that like I shouldn't be. And I'm not, I've never been one to sleepwalk. So everyone's like, okay, well, like you slept walk. I was like, but I've, I've literally never slept walk in my life. Um, but there is, the, I'm the sleepwalker. Yeah. He's the, he sleepwalks, but I've never, yeah, no one's ever had to wake me up from sleepwalking or, or anything like that. But, um, what were some of these, you know, falling as places, uh, they're all in my house, just not in my bed. Like I would fall asleep in my bed and, uh, I would wake up, like in the living room. Uh, and there's other details that like, I, I have never shared with anyone and probably still won't, but, um, like, but, but that one in particular was weird because it was like, I fell asleep. We were watching, I don't know, like Dragon Ball Z or something as a family, uh, with my dad. And I, I remember falling asleep on the couch and next thing I know, I woke up like in the living room on the floor uh, but everyone was asleep in their beds. Like I was the only one still in the living room, but it's not like my parents would have left me in the living room to just sleep, especially on the floor, like by myself, like they would have taken me, but it was just weird that like, I just was out and then woke up alone, I guess. And then there's been other times where it's like, I am asleep in my bed and I woke up with essentially my head at my pillow. Um, and I was like tucked in as if I had been tucked in upside down, which that's not how I fell asleep. And my sheets were like tucked in. Like I wasn't like, oh, my sheets are everywhere. And I'm, you know, no, that's very odd. That would make that, sense. But, that's very, uh, that had yeah. to be done by something or someone. 
Like, it's not something that naturally happens, no. Uh, I had a very similar childhood experience, but I am a, a confirmed uh, childhood abductee and close encounter survivor. Uh, that's very much a, a very, very powerful calling card or cue or uh, symptom, as it were, a symptom of being abducted is waking up in places that just don't make any sense, and it's not where you intentionally slept, like waking up in a different room on the floor, or waking up in your bathtub, or bathroom, or something, like, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you're not narcoleptic, you're not, a, exactly, a sleepwalker wouldn't uh, go from one room to the, the floor of another, and just fall back asleep, they, you know, it's not that symptomatic, uh, I woke up once in my yard, for example, in the front yard, and it was I was wet with dew and everything from being out there. It was as if they just took me and put me back in the front yard. Like it just like you know, I I understand what you're saying. It's like they get you, and then when they put you back, it's like wrong. <laughs> like Perfectly. they just it's close enough, and it's like kind of yeah. like it makes no you know. But yeah, when you're thinking about, it, you're like why? But I've also heard people will talk about getting the wrong set of clothes or having their clothes inside out, and things like very small details are very obviously off. Like, you know, um, yeah. but that, yeah, definitely sounds like a close encounter or an alien abduction more than the sleepwalking. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so, and again, it, this was like a, a memory that was just kind of locked in my head. It was like, okay, I remember waking up in weird positions or like in weird places, but like whatever. And it wasn't until we had uh, another uh, abductee on, on the podcast that they started talking about that. And then just all those memories of like, waking up in weird places was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, wait oh, yeah. a minute. This happened multiple times. She had a mini regression session. Oh, the, Basically. That's, how it, that's how it very commonly it works. A lot of people don't even remember uh, having alien abductions uh, until they're way older in their 40s and 50s, and then it just kind of all uh, comes like a flood. And then people have yeah. uh, very detailed descriptions um, that, that appear to them in dreams that appear to them in, you know, uh, visions as it were watching a movie and all of a sudden, they, you know, they, they see it happen to them and then they realize that they have histories with it. It's very, uh, it's very remarkable that the human being, the human memory both will never forget, but is very, uh, <clears throat> it's very, uh, diverse in how it remembers, how it chooses to remember and how it can remember, you know, uh, it, it's like, have you ever seen Close Encounters of a Third Kind? No, I've not watched it. I, I mean, it's yeah. super, I hear it all the time. When the guy, he, yeah. he starts making little, like, he starts making mountains out of like mashed potatoes and things. And he's like, this means something. And it's like very much, that's the calling card of a very common alien abductee experience. Like the symptoms is, creating or trying to get like out of memory that you can't even remember you have. And so it's like, you know, um, no, it's, it's very, it's very awesome that you came to that revelation that you actually started realizing that these events had happened. Uh, and definitely, uh, a positive sign because maybe you can actually remember in more detail if you just keep hammering at it and like, yeah, you know, I, examining it. I feel like, Oh, sorry. So, I, and I think there's a little bit of a delay, so I'm sorry if I oh. talk over you at any point. I like, I thought you had stopped talking, but it was oh, yeah, kind yeah. of delayed. I apologize. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally um, get it. Don't you? Don't worry about it at all. I totally get it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and 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 another you know weird thing you 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 know mentioned was that an extraterrestrial with with eric's you know rainbow kind of entity thing um a funny thing happened this was years later like i was already living in austin i was on my own like in my apartment um and i ended up seeing something very very similar uh but this wasn't me waking up this was very much like a almost like it seemed like an out-of-body experience kind of sort of thing but the the weird part of it was when i initially woke up there shadow people i tried to leave my bedroom and for whatever reason my brother was there uh and he actually was like no it's okay and like grabbed me and took me back to the room to my bedroom where i saw this like the shadow you know figures uh and when he like kind of like turned me to like look at where they were again, now there are these like bright white rainbow figures, uh, and they weren't so scary anymore. And again, this like Eric and I, I guess growing up Catholic too, we're like, oh okay, like angels. It was something nice. It wasn't scary. But it was overwhelming, and it kind of like there's that fear, right? Because it's overwhelming, but um, it didn't fear evil. It didn't feel evil like it did initially when there were shadow people, but. I don't know. So it's it's really hard. Like, well, what what is that? Like, is it extraterrestrial? Is it paranormal? Is it interdimensional? Like, what you know? What is that? I think I think whatever it is, it's it's very frightening, and it's very right to fear it. It's very right to, uh, you know, worry about these encounters with the unknown uh, that are intruding into your personal space and everything. So definitely, I understand the shock and the concern, but. Um, the, the question of what these, like the diversity of them, the variety of these different beings, all we know is that they're, they are different. All we know is that they are, you know, very diverse, you know, in their origins, maybe in their purposes or definitely in their purposes and everything. But yeah, like the, the mystery and the unexplained, right? If only, if only anyone had the answers, if only anyone knew for certain and was able to like, mm-hmm. you know help everyone else out but that's where we find ourselves is that's why we call it the paranormal because it isn't normal you know he's like whatever para but it's not normal yeah yeah <laughs> but uh absolutely so yeah. any anyone that you've talked to because it feels like your interviews have actually influenced your own understanding of your personal experiences anyone you've talked to or any interview you've done or any subject you've covered that you feel like a very a strong reaction to like you would be like yeah this one is the one that you should listen to if you're going to listen to one of our episodes like which one uh would you you know shooting from the hip just be like hey check out when we worked on this i feel like craig would, would yeah be, yeah um so I'm, I'm gonna try and pull up exactly what episode number because we've interviewed him twice i believe uh, and he has like two part episodes because we were like, yeah, we'll talk for an hour, and we went for like three hours. Both times. Uh, both times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Craig Lefave uh, was probably the the one that was like really. I was like, oh wait, I did wake up in different places, and he he's also an uh, abductee. Or would you say anyone else, Eric? Or uh, yeah, that, I mean that's the first one that came to my mind was was Craig. Um, he it's just and for me like in that first episode that we did the first interview that we did i think i was pretty quiet for most of the interview because just everything that he was talking about for me was just it was a lot of new information and it was just like you know mind-blowing and uh just 
it was a lot for me to handle, like in that just in that set that session or that interview. Um, and I remember afterwards, I, I my head was kind of just, <laughs> you know, hurting because of all the information that I received, you know. Uh, and then in the second interview, a little bit less so, but, uh, you know, cause I kind of had an idea of what was going on or what they were talking about now, but, uh, it was definitely one of those instances where it was just like, wow, that was, uh, that was a lot to, to take in. So, uh, his first interview is episode 23, 24, and then his second interview is 65 and 66. If you guys are interested in wanting to hear, uh, what he has to say, but he, uh, he's also written, uh, quite a few books too uh, that are pretty much like extraterrestrial. Uh, you know, the topic is is about that, and this last one he came out with is about his, uh, based off of his personal experiences. Um, but yeah, I think I would I'd probably say Craig. Oh, awesome, awesome, and thank you very much uh, for providing you know as much of of those answers that you know I asked and all that. That, that was great. That was awesome. Um, like I said, I, I really don't have any more questions. That was the, the half hour for me. Uh, being the interviewer, I guess, if you want to switch in, and I'll be the interviewee. Uh, and, yeah. Just, yeah. Before we do, I just want to, because you, you, you had asked me, uh, had I ever seen that before again, or have I ever seen it again after, like, that entity, that specific entity? No. Uh, but the only other time that I felt like I maybe had had like an angel experience was uh, I used to work in a nursing home. And uh, I remember I had a patient who was like, he was, he was about to pass. So we were just basically waiting for him to go. I used to work night shift. Um, and I remember walking down the hall and at the end of the hall, we had these like big metal doors with like these, um, like they had windows in them. So it's a pane of, you know, pane of, uh, of glass, a window there. Okay. Yeah, and um, cars would pass by, and you could see the light come through. But I remember when I was walking down, because I was going to go check on him, um, I remember seeing this, like, bright, this time this light was gold, like a golden color, and it just shone really bright through that window to the point where, like, you had mentioned about being in awe and stuff. Like, I I had to turn away because it was so bright. And then I looked back, you know, to at, at the window to see, like, you know, what was that? And then I turn around uh, to see if my coworker, my, the other nurse that was working that night, if she had seen it. And I asked her, I was like, hey, did you see that? And she goes, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, that, you know, so I just thought it was weird. Um, and then I remember, I don't know if it was in that that time that I went to go check on him or a few, like a couple hours later when I went to go check on him that he had, you know, he had passed. Yes. But I just, that was another experience where I had of like, maybe an angel or some something like that that came through but it was a different completely different colors to what i had seen previously so but, but wanted, similar you, yeah similar kind of yes. otherworldly kind of bright light and and color mm-hmm. and vibrance and and power because maybe these beings these angels are angels of light and uh just like there's different kinds of angels there's different kinds of mm-hmm. Of like shine of different kind of, of like luminescence or, or color that they possess different physical appearances and and absolutely that sounds like it was a angel that took him or his soul coming right. or, or passing into you know the other the other life the great beyond mm-hmm. yeah, definitely but yeah so now 
I guess let us get started. And Michelle, would you like to ask Tex uh, the question we always ask our, our, our guests? Absolutely. And, and, and I know that you have some other experiences to share with us, but just to go tradition, what was your very first paranormal experience that you had? My very first paranormal experience that I, at least I remember for sure was a abduction experience at the age of nine. And like that's a huge part of my life and everything going forward into um, who I am and what I've become, like what I've done in my career and what I've chosen to do and talk about, you know, UFOs, secret space program, uh, you know, government conspiracies, etc. around it. But the abduction experience I had when I was nine is special because it's a very rare experience called a my lab, not just an alien experience. And I hate to say just an alien experience, uh, an alien abduction with greys or uh, Nordics, but it was with human beings that were in the U.S. military, specifically the U.S. Navy. And they were wearing Navy uniforms, but everything else was an alien abduction. Bright light, in the room, nine years old, fully awake. This is not a dream. They literally teleport into the room and are walking around asking me questions, engaging me in conversation. And at that point, it goes into um, a series of experiences and, you know, without getting into uh, too, too much of that. Uh, so who I built my, my purpose, my podcast and my YouTube channel and my uh, social media around uh, helping to expose that, tell my story and to seek out and to provide a safe spot and safe place uh, for other people with similar experiences, insiders currently involved with those programs and with this uh, information, with this subject and this knowledge, uh, insiders, past and present, as well as anyone who survived these close encounters or alien abduction experiences before. But that was where my very first one was in my lab, a military abduction at the age of nine. And from there, multiple extraterrestrial alien abduction, close encounters, spiritual encounters, uh, the gambit of uh, even cryptid sightings. Uh, but a lot of it is occult or spiritual-based and extraterrestrial-based. I'd say the majority is extraterrestrial UFO sightings, um, close encounters, alien abductions, brushes with the occult secret societies of the U.S. government and around the world, you know, just the religious occult. Uh, my own practice and pursuit of the religious occult helped out a lot. I'm not saying I'm just a passive observer where I'm just trying to live my life. I mean, I was in a number of societies myself and helped practice a lot of that, uh, what you would call the occult and... Um, and, you know, everyone else will be, you know, fully aware of that once, you know, if I ever, you know, and I have gone to describe it as a Gnostic, alchemy, uh, Telema, the OTO, you know, and various other Crawley-based uh, practices. I don't know if you guys who know what Aleister Crawley is. Yeah. yeah, it's very modern. It's very, uh, you know, exactly. A lot of that, um, you know, practice and, and, and endeavor. 
So it's not only that that has also opened a lot of the gateways up and opened my mind to it, but opened my eyes to it, but also what's attracted a lot of this too, and I, I know full well of that. So <clears throat> going into it, I I will always experience these things very commonly in my life, even though I'm fully aware of how supernatural and extraordinary they are. I'm able to kind of make sense of it and deal with it a lot more um, because I'm able to express myself and I use the podcast, I use the channel, I use my social media to share the evidence that I collect to literally uh, keep myself sane by getting it off my chest and to try to like, you know, do as much as I can to help the, the advocacy of the issue as a professional, uh, both as an independent paranormal investigator and as a researcher and theorist in this. So, you know, I try to do my best because of what I've experienced uh, when I was very young and basically all my life since then. But yeah, very much uh, close encounters of the uh, third, fourth, and, you know... I was going to say all yeah, the kinds. Exactly, for fifth, <laughs> sixth kind. kind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Uh, well, that's it's funny... I was going to say, it's funny that you, because well, I had never heard that term my lab uh, before, uh, but it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, on our second or our first interview of the year, uh, we were, we were, Michelle was mentioning about how sometimes people who are abducted, uh, like see where you were, you said that they see like people or like people in uniforms and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, rather than, I don't, I don't even yeah. remember saying it in the last one, but I, like, yes, like, I know um, I've said it before, but <laughs> maybe I did, but... Yeah, um, I, I understand there's always a spectrum and a strata of, like, different topics involving ufology. Some people just think it's it's UFOs, it's, and no alien abductions are real, but it's also paralysis, and then some people think it's uh, alien abductions are all just the greys, and then they don't take the other counts, like, you know, as, like, maybe it's greys playing tricks, but... No, there the the spectrum is very diverse. There has been over one hundred different physical physical types of extraterrestrials reported internationally over the course of abductions. And yes, uh, members of the world's militaries are human beings in uniforms, like spacesuits, etc., working alongside extraterrestrials are having just uh, a place inside this uh, experience, you know, maybe that it's just, you know, they're there too. Um, You know, the idea of abductions is one of those that it's like really almost anything goes, but it's not as chaotic as that. For example, Bigfoot, uh, Sasquatch-type beings are considered the most thir- the third most common-sighted extraterrestrial and alien abductions. But when's the last time you heard that at publicly on a movie or something? But it's, it's absolutely the case that almost one in three people describe something that looks like a Sasquatch, especially in Latin America, especially in South America, involving an extraterrestrial abductions. Human beings in military uniforms are as commonly reported uh, in the literature involving uh, sometimes working with the greys. Sometimes aliens are will take people to military bases. Sometimes these bases are deep underground. Sometimes they're in semi-public areas that people just do not realize are being used for, for these abductions. Um, in the area kind of I like grew up in... 
Exactly. The men in black are reported uh, many times. These men are even considered robotoids or clones or alien hybrids, uh, reptilian in disguise type uh, beings that look human but are actually, you know, uh, not. They're just cloaked in, in the, because mimicking humans. But yes, it's it's very strange, especially the implications, which are absolutely the case that I've uh, researched and discovered and what I've experienced is that there is a secret space program, and not only that, but a collaboration and alliance between the U.S. military uh, and its elite society and extraterrestrials. It's very well written in the literature, very well backed up and researched. This isn't a friend's subject without any merit. This has been almost a century of disclosure and events and experiencers, abductees, survivors, and whistleblowers coming forward and describing uh, an ever-intricate amount of related events and uh, concepts that create a very tight pattern of... uh, basically activity and developments within activity including human abduction cattle mutilation um uh you know the the proliferation of ufo sightings in the sky uh the ever tightening security and and creation of things like area 51 and you know these these installations all around the world so yeah it's a very um very rich subject matter to study, but yeah, definitely human beings in military nice. uniforms are seen in abduction experiences very commonly. Yeah. So and, the, and, like the whole, um, um, like completely forgot which uh, president it was like Carter Eisenhower. Which president had supposed was it Valiant Thor? I believe had yep. created some sort of like Eisenhower. Like all that basically is what you're yep. saying is like Eisenhower. Okay, it was. Yep facts basically like or is it yeah is that the story is there something similar but maybe they got details wrong or well yeah that's the thing like we all know that no one has has been able to kind of verify anything certainly no one will ever admit to it but that's kind of the point if you're create if you're a blot or you're you know alleging which is this we are we're accusing them of a top secret uh beyond top secret which is where i get my podcast name conspiracy um they're never going to admit it that we're never going to get verification and no Pentagon audit or whatever is ever going to turn up the answer to that. But yes, no, we, we know what they're doing. It's very obvious. People like Phil Schneider have come out, Valiant Thor, uh, that case, the Majestic 12 papers, people like Bill Cooper, uh, you know, various ufologists like Dr. Carla Turner. And there's, um, like like all experiencers and all abductees, uh, it's it's just a matter of knowing who to listen to and where to research. Like you know, there are people who are bad faith actors. There are people who are uh, con men and scammers and grifters and things like that. But you know, there are as equally, if not more, truth tellers and people who are honestly trying to, you know, share the information which honestly is you know it, it it's it's super important it really is it's very important information uh that's oftentimes considered some uh, like you know uh, uh too fantastic to be real too too 
uh, too, too much, you know, for the common person to even understand. But I think instinctively everybody knows. I think yeah. I think in everyone's heart, I think seventy five percent of people age thirty and under believe in aliens. Believe aliens are on Earth. Believe aliens are here. And I think even more people believe aliens have been contacting the government. And you know, like the government knows all about them, and the government knows the truth, and that they're keeping it secret. So. I think in time the people will just will just realize, we'll just know, and it'll be kind of just kind of common sense. Not blindly believe what the government says. Yeah, like everyone knows <laughs> that true. the government That's... keeps aliens secret and that the government fully is aware of something and that, you know, the aliens are fully aware of, of are on Earth and, and flying in our skies and that, you know... It's not a matter of, oh, well, one video is hoaxed. It's like, you know, over a hundred years of sightings and, and you know, mass abductions and mass sightings and events. Like when they flew over Washington, D.C., when they flew over L.A. and, you know, they had the Battle of L.A., they did, that wasn't a hoax. And that wasn't, you know, you can pretend like it didn't happen, but it did. And this is almost verifiable around the world. Other countries admit UFOs are real. We've had... Uh, the Israeli space chief, for example, uh, former space chief, come out and talk about a galactic federation of light that the Earth works for. I mean, uh, the Israeli space chief uh, said that. So Paul Hellier, who was a Canadian uh, minister of defense, said that over 80 species of aliens colonize Earth. These aren't crazy people. These aren't nobodies. These are high-ranking military defense ministers and you know administrators and leaders people. Yeah. yeah who who have like like the valiant thor saga these are high-ranking political figures at the time including kissinger eisenhower nixon and you know they're they're on record as having interests and admittance to ufo phenomenon and stuff like that you know like uh these are admirals, these are captains in the military, generals, things like that, coming forward with their confessions and their tales. And as many people want to keep it where it's like, oh, well, who knows? It's, we all know. We all know. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we actually had a guest on who, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, I was going to keep going. Yeah, no, go on. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I was just going to say we had a, uh, sorry, uh, a guest on actually, um, who also spoke about that, about having, about knowing about different alien species that live here on this earth. And I believe her husband was in the air force or something like that. Joanne episode 48. Uh, yeah. 48. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah because I, did he go to, I think he went to prison because he was trying to like come out with some of this stuff. So he basically like told her everything. Um, to try and like get it out there because yeah he was gonna he was being imprisoned if I am I remembering that correctly it's right? yeah something like that I, I I would have to go back and listen to the episode but I think that would be another interesting one I mean if you know I, I also your listeners would I think would really enjoy that episode as well I listened um, to one of your episodes yeah, number 40 with Wajid Hassan and Wajid Hassan oh, was yeah, an yeah, author I was, yes I was yeah. yeah and so so it, it Really kind of, you know, it's exactly the same thing I'm talking about. It's personal experience with the UFOs, cosmic beings that watching over us, and uh, the star of Bethlehem being a spaceship. 
I mean, as long as authors are coming mm-hmm. forward and writing books about that, as long as there are other people besides me coming to these conclusions, coming to these points where they, you know, it's deeply interesting. It's deeply important to have these questions and to keep examining, not just listening to, you know, what one person has to say, but when you can, when you start allowing yourself to imagine it, when you start allowing yourself to think about it, it becomes very clear. It becomes almost obvious that we are not alone. We have never been alone. And you know what? It's it's the point that they're literally visiting us one in our bedrooms and things like that. They're literally coming to get us. Like, you know, it's not like it's not like we're you know, this infinitesimal unimportant thing. We're so important that they're coming to to visit us. They're coming because they want to kind of, you know, integrate us or at least include us and this knowledge, this discussion of them. Uh-huh. Like, they're not hiding from us. They're, they're in our skies flying over our cities. They're allowing themselves to be filmed. They're allowing themselves to be seen. They're coming and visiting us, integrating them with themselves. They've already, uh, you know, reached out and, and uh, said hello and, and everything. And I think, you know, we've already said it's hi like back. It's terrifying and exciting all at the same time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that a lot of times we just need to lose... Uh, we need to we need to go through the fear, let the fear go, and and uh, start getting on with the wonder and the Reason. amazement. Because first, it's going to be the most the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to people, and then it's the most wonderful thing that ever happened to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it becomes like the thing that alien abductees all say it like it's terrifying when it happens, but then afterwards, you you just you kind of can't stop thinking about it. It becomes this obsession. It becomes this uh, need to know or, or, you know, need to go back and need to kind of, uh, you know, re- it's it, in many cases people talk about it being a reality more real than the one that we currently live in, that we have to go to work, we have to wake up, we have responsibilities that this world is telling us none of this is real, it's all in our head, and that this world is actually the 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 fake one and the real one is the the world that you get to see for that little moment the other that'd be nice kind of like the matrix <laughs> I know oh yeah that's true <laughs> yeah well I, I know that we this is like technically like five six minutes left but I know that you have oh, well, shared yeah. some very intriguing pictures with us and, and you did kind of tell us about them but I didn't want to like I wanted to hear it from you too if you wanted it because if with your permission if we could post those pictures too so that oh, yeah, kind of yeah. know what absolutely uh, we're referring to if that would that be okay absolutely yeah go ahead but yeah uh, could you share what those are oh yeah um let uh, me try to explain because uh you can't really see the pictures over the podcast uh but definitely go on Instagram yes. I'll try to post them again uh, they keep them on my board, uh, and you can have the permission to post them for your listeners on yours. Now, this, I'll try to, I mean, I can't get it done in six minutes, so if you allow me to go a little bit over, um, definitely I can. Yeah, so what I was doing, it was in September 2022, I was renovating a apartment that hadn't been lived in for 30 years, but previously had people live in it for uh, decades, and... The process of, a, of renovating the apartment was, you know, many months in the making. I was doing it completely solo. 
and I had just gotten to the point where everything was like out and it was clean enough that I could spend a lot more time at night or and I had to spend time at night in there because I couldn't work during the day. It was way too hot. There was no air conditioning at all. So at night while I was working on his apartment, classic signs of poltergeist activity. Things like hammers, my tools, which are heavy, being moved or falling unexpectedly. Uh, the feeling of being watched, the omnipresent sensation of someone literally like breathing down your neck or around you or watching you. Um, cold, cold air to the point where I was blowing smoke. And this is at September in Corpus Christi, Texas. It's like, you know, still in the 90s, you know, and it's like in the 80s at night. Like, it's still hot, right? I was completely drenched in sweat every time I was working back there. And then I'd reach these pockets of super cold chilly air and it's very obvious uh when that happens so i was like okay it's a it's either an oppressive spirit some kind of bad residual energy uh i'm a firm believer in the stone tape theory so i believe a lot of arguments and hatreds and emotions get like they they stain a place and i know um this could be from when an old like you know migrant worker or you know uh somebody from the cowboy days got drunk and then you know beat up his wife and that pain and that misery stays in a house or a property and it just gets replayed and so like every couple that moves there just falls into this cycle of pain and you know that kind of thing like and you think oh it's an oppressor it's just a house the house is haunted but i was like okay i thought it was just that right and i was like okay it's just that it's just the house and I will get my smudge sage, I will get my white sage, I will get my magnets, I will get uh, my drums, I will get, uh, you know, the Taoist exorcist book, I will start reading Jesus Christ's prayer, Lord's prayer, I'll get, you know, the blessed holy water, start burning some candles, I'll do everything, right, to get it out of the way. And I started that, the smudging, the uh, very big into Native American lore, very big into Native American practice. And I said smudging, the, the, the feather ritual, uh, you know, drummed circle for hours trying to just to get the aura of the place to vibe right. And while I'm doing this, of course, the, the it gets very late into the night. And it well almost into the witching hour, right? And at this point, I step outside to have a smoke and I look up. And there is at the edge of the light, because I, I don't live in the country, but I live in a pretty, you know, pretty uh, widespread, like pretty spacious neighborhood, right? Where the houses have a lot of like room in the yards and everything. And our lights don't go to the end of the property, right? So it's, it's just like the lights aren't strong enough to go to the end of the property. It's dark to the fence line. And there are trees and brush and everything. And... At the edge of the tree line, right under a branch, I know the area, there should be nothing there. There is this green, almost see-through, translucent being that I immediately recognize as a mantis man, as a mantid uh, in the literature. It's a mantis man. I've seen it before. I've seen it in my living room. I've seen this thing for the number of years. It's, and I know the literature. And I see, I'm one of the people who's an advanced enough ufologist that when he see, not only has seen this, but when he sees this knows that he has to act and take, just try to take a phone picture with, you know, as fast as I could hit burst. 
and as I was taking photos of it, it from its already op- like already translucent state, like see through state, just kind of it, it did that motion it went, and just kind of like teleported away. It went and just kind of like it went from something to nothing. And it just and I caught it in the three second burst of a photo, boom, 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 and then it's like has form and if you see the picture it has form and it has a mantis man that's standing like this and then it just goes and and it becomes this like light and then it becomes this like I uh, just like it's just, like a light just dissolves and it like kinda just and it was like fuck. And it was seeing it away so that uh looking through my phone screen I didn't get an ideal picture of it. I just got a widescreen panorama of the backyard and had to zoom and edit to where it was, but it's very clear. And I've uh, all I had to do was uh, heighten the saturation of the color, and you can see the green really well in some of those edited photos. But it's not a, a photo. It's not edited at all. It's not a Photoshop, but it's just a saturation. You know, I had to get because you see the other unedited one. It's kind of pale and you can't really see it. So all I did was heighten and enhance it. You know, so I'm not saying it's not enhanced, but those photos of it being green that I sent you, and I even drew the red around the outline where I could see it, is what I saw. And then, but, you know, I did my best. And everyone knows that even though you have a cell phone, cell phones are crap when it comes to taking photographs of anything at night, anything in the dark, and anything more than, like, 10 feet away from you. And it's just going to be, like, especially something like that. It's not like it's not a person. It doesn't immediately have the software to pick up anything. It's just like you're taking a photo of a of a dark edge of your yard and you can clearly see it, but you have to zoom into it and stuff. So hopefully it's very clear in the photo, but you know, I that is to me no, doing my yeah, best. When, when uh, I saw the... oh, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. It keeps it keeps going quiet for a second, and I. But uh, no, yeah. When when Eric uh, sent that to me, it was like that's creepy. But yeah, I, like I, I feel like people always make that argument of like, well, why don't you take a picture of it? Like everyone's got cell phones, you can't take a picture. But then yeah, it's like it's just you made that that point too. Like you can't take a picture of anything at night. It's always gonna this be- is the phone. Yeah, it, this is the I've phone. Never, like, take a picture of the moon. Exactly, or like, it t- try to take a photo of uh, a dog on the street that's running, and like literally try to get your phone out and take. And it's by the time you can, it's just as, and you're like, oh what? So the dog wasn't. Uh, we know that people who are skeptics will deny and say, well, if everyone has a phone in their pocket, why are you using a potato? And it's like just a, it's 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 such a bullshit argument to deny the obvious that we do have now phones in our pockets so we are getting more photos just the phones we have kind of suck and everything they take is blurry and out of focus but we are getting more of these blurry and out of focus pieces of evidence up in front of people's eyes and uh just so like people know like People have been convicted of crimes with less fidelity in in security cameras and things like that. Like, you know, uh, the bar isn't as high in real murder cases for the quality of evidence needing to be in high definition in 4K. You know, it it just isn't. Like, reality is reality. The, The photographic evidence is, is... there i did as i i tried my best i have a samsung phone and for all 
intents and purposes, I think it's incredible evidence, you know, not even to be like, because I did it. I think it's just incredible evidence, and it's right there. And like I said, if, I, if it was my first Manted case, I would have not gotten any sleep that night or because I understood that these beings are here and specifically around me uh, as a researcher and as someone who's seen it before. But that's something that, you know, people can listen to on my podcast and, and I have episodes of it and I probably I'll do another one this year trying to make more sense of it. Uh, I've talked about it for a number of years, the, the mantids, the mantid men. Um, the, the second image though I sent you was the, the one that shocked me, the one that actually did kind of yeah. scare me and disturbed me a lot. And um, I'm not trying to dox myself. To at, so. yes. Yeah, I'm not trying to dox myself, so I'm not going to say what neighborhood I am or what my address is or try to give too many details so people can, like, get scared and be like, oh, this neighborhood's fucking possessed or something, the gateway to hell. But I think it's a lot more common than people think that these beings do live, like, right next to us. They infest our properties. They're a big reason for demon sightings or they're a big reason for ghost sightings or, or darkness and, and evil in people's lives. Uh, they're the reptilians. They're the Draco. Uh, they're negative uh, beings of reptilian origin. People call them demons. People call them devils. You know, and if you can see the picture... Uh, I'll, I'll explain the situation. So I got security cameras, right? The security com cameras run on infrared, which is in black and white, and they run on a 30-second uh, still frame just to save recording time. It's the way I have it set up. But if there's any motion, then lights even turn on and everything, and so they can record uh, better. But yeah, with this cheap security camera system I have from China, uh, that's one of the more efficient ways to do it. So I have the camera at this point pointed at the back apartment property that I'm renovating, right? And this is more just to kind of make sure that no one is going to, like, no human being is going to break in there. I'm not even thinking I'm going to catch anything like this, but in a few of the frames, that night, the lights turned on in the backyard. Now, this will happen with cats. This will happen with dogs and things like that, right? But in this one, I could see in the corner of one of the parts of the siding of the wall in the back house, in the back apartment. At first, it, it was just, I have two or three uh, still photos. It's three photos of it that are like, two photos are just bad. Like you can't really see anything and it's just this dark shadow presence. One is absolutely crystal fucking clear. That's the one I sent you and that's the one where it is... With a little bit of enhancing, it is on its stomach, crawling out of, at this point, the foundation of the house. You, it's, It was about a two-foot-tall hole. And this is a very bad property. I'm not going to say this property was the best, but like, uh, at this point, there's a two-foot-tall hole in between one of the walls and the dirt floor, like the actual floor. And there's concrete foundation keeping it up. Uh, but it's a crawl space, and you could physically crawl under the house if you wanted to, if you needed to. It's about the size of her person. And this thing isn't gigantic. It's the size of a person. But it's crawling out of the house. It's on two arms like this and looking out to where the main property is. And at that point, the next one is that it's actually just kind of gone. Uh, we're we're going to 
use this guys so that you can your skin can crawl better. It is it is absolutely one of the things where I saw it and I was trying to uh, talk myself out of even it having happened, but at this point crazier things have happened to me, stranger things have happened. So it's it's absolutely I think I exercised this reptilian or that this reptilian was just either filmed following uh, or trans trans uh, or you know relocating or just you know moving across the yard from its regular path. Maybe I didn't do anything. Maybe I didn't even make a dent uh, in it. But maybe at the same time I did actively exercise with the white sage, which I know in Native American lore, uh, all evil things hate. All things of darkness hate the white ash. They hate like Wendigos and Skinwalkers and things like that. Uh, it, the fact that it was uh, at night, like I had to enhance a lot of the saturation because even in the actual photo, it's just very dark. It's so I don't know if it's uh, a shadow being or some kind of ethereal entity or more physical. Like, and, and that it was just underneath the actual house, like a, like a creature living, like a, like a, like an evil fucking raccoon. Uh, but like, exactly. I, I don't know any details beyond that. That was the one thing I saw was this photograph. And that was right after I did the exorcism and in, late into the night. And like I said, the mantis men was the first sighting. I actively saw that one actively was able to take a photograph with that with my cell phone and the next photo was from my security camera and like I said before it's a panorama so you see the actual f photograph and it's just the side of the house including the yard it's this uh, wide angle shot and the actual image proportionally was about this big a little bit bigger in complete shadow from an angle about 20 feet high looking down. So I keep having to explain this to myself that why the photo looks in, and I couldn't only get this couple of scenes because it's like, yeah, if I had known where to look, I could have, you know, obviously put the camera there, but it's, it's a camera recording the entire property. And so I had to zoom into it and then crop it and then actually just keep, you know, filter out all the bullshit basically. But that's the photo I produced uh, with the escalation of these contrast and the lighting and everything. And you can see it clear as day, crystal clear. This reptilian being, it's got three eyes. It's got three eye sockets, one in the middle of its forehead, two on the other side. It's got a clear, uh, kind of like baboon face, like a reptilian face. It's like this like weird extended muzzle. And it's standing there on its, on its, Basically, it's lying on its belly, halfway in and halfway out of the house, with uh, its clawed hands in the ground. And you can feel free to f uh, show that photograph on your website and everything. I uh, would love to have everyone look at it and tell me their thoughts on it, uh, if they've ever seen anything like that before. I've seen the reptilians, and that's how I understand it as an extraterrestrial, or as some kind of subterranean uh lizard man type being but you know if people have a religious explanation for it you know exactly i'm open i'm open-minded to everyone's interpretation of what that was uh you know i, I i've even uh, thought about skinwalkers and things like that like i'm very open-minded anyone who has any native american knowledge of what these beings could be or what they're called or if anything is associated with the area but 
uh, I, I'm willing to say it was uh, extraterrestrials times two with the mantid creatures and with this reptilian being that was underneath the back apartment of the house that, that emerged on security camera. Can you remind me again where where you saw the the mantid, or I guess like how how close were those sightings at, like on your land basically? It's the same property. Yeah, it's the same property, and that's what I'm trying to say. It's like I don't want to dox myself or anything, but it's a sizable property. It's a property that you know, um, if you were to walk from the back to the front, uh, uh, main property to the back property, you'd have to go through darkness at night. You know, it's the lights don't reach each other kind of thing but the lights of the back property don't really even extend to the back of the fence line and things like that. So it's like, um, while still in a residential area, it's still a very large residential area. So it's like the cameras that I had were at the main property looking at the back property. You know, so it's like, like I wish I had brought the cameras back there. I wish I had set up some kind of recording equipment back there, but I was doing my best with what I had and just move the cameras to face that property. And they're the home security cameras for the main property. And I don't know if anyone has, like, a ring door cam or anything, but, you know, have you ever tried just noticing things across the street from, like, a ring door camera? You can't. You can't make out any real detail. So, yeah, it's hard. Even just across... So, So even at that distance, it's like I had to, like notice it on on the corner of the ground basically and go what was that you know and then enhance and zoom and then get the, and it's but it's there it's clear as day it's yeah, right there says, yeah you guys will see it yeah <laughs> it's, uh creepy and i keep staring at it and telling myself not to and i keep looking at it yeah with like the, the camera that uh the zoo here in texas i got the picture of that um being that was walking around oh, yeah. the fence. The, the werewolf or the skinwalker, yeah, that was yeah. absolutely yeah. also the case. Like, you know, you don't think it's, it's, you don't think these things are real until you capture them on security camera. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you're like, because yeah. you're, you're reviewing your security camera footage and you're like, like, you, you kind of, you kind of don't believe it, but it's your security cam footage. It's just an automatic, f- like, feed. And then you, you, you're trying to rationally explain it away, but luckily I'm so well-versed in the high strangeness, you know, I'm, I'm that, like, I'm, I'm open to it. I wasn't one of those people that it's going to mess up forever or someone who's like, oh, I'll, I'll just, you know, pretend this didn't happen. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a fucking reptilian living under our property <laughs> in the back yeah. house, and I... I, I think I burned some white sage and drummed while, you know, chanting some Native American and Christian prayers and uh, this chased it off the property, which yeah. I'm open to believing that's the case because that's that's what it looks like to me. And that's absolutely uh, what I think I captured. And that's my, that's the personal experience I wanted to share. say a skeptic is listening to this and they see the picture and they're like it's bullshit even if you want to say it's a human that is still fucking weird to have like some random human crawling out of <laughs> like it's it's still weird this. yeah like but this thing like you can very clearly see like three fingers like three fingers i guess right like it's very i, I don't know i i just can't wait for our listeners it's to, very... to see it and like 
I'm fully, I'm fully open to anyone who's skeptical to come and review the evidence, especially the Mantis Man and things like that. That that's a that's I think is the best evidence of a Mantis Man, you know, online or in the web today. And I welcome all skeptics and deniers and things. And you know, um, is like come at me, bro. That that evidence is what I got. I posted it on my Instagram when it happened, September seventh, two thousand twenty-two. Uh, my podcast is an open challenge to anyone who doesn't believe or thinks this is, you know, um, think this is fake. Come look at the evidence. It's like, come look at the evidence. Go on, yeah. go online and say, look at the evidence. I'll post it on my social media too. Twitter, Instagram, all of it. If, you, if you're familiar with Guillermo del Toro, then uh, that creature is very much a Guillermo del Toro-esque it looking is, creature. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, I almost saw like 20 different eyes on it. It looked like originally. Yeah. But now that you're mentioning like the different eye sockets and stuff, I'm like, okay, I can see that too. But yeah, it, it actually really does remind me of like a, something out of a, you know, the, the Toro. I think it's, I think I it's a demon, really to be honest. Quick. Like I, I thought, I thought initially it was a demon, and I'm, I'm willing to say that if it, if I wasn't already a man of science and a man of the modern world, I would say that's a demon. That's one hundred percent. It looks like a demon. It's just what I. When you say demon, that's what I think. It looks like a demon. Yeah. Yeah. I do also want to mention that uh, the entire time that you were telling those two stories, I really hope we got the auto audio because at least on my end, it was cutting out a lot. Like it would kind of skip, and the video would kind of freeze a bit, and then it would start to. I could hear you, and then. It was happening throughout the entire time, and then now that you finished talking about the story and we're just kind of continuing conversation, it's clear it's not happening anymore. I mean, it's it happened throughout the episode, but it was really bad right now when you were trying to tell oh, those two stories. So that's... I, just, I hope we got that all on our end. Mm. But no, this happens all the time. Every time someone's going to like, oh, this ha- like something that's like top secret or like that. You it know, happened a lot with different... Joanne, too. It happened. Well, it cut out completely, and mm. I think it stopped like five times, and... We managed to get her episode, but it was it was bad. And yeah, I'm like I have full body chills because Eric is absolutely right. It kept cutting out. I mean, we pieced together what you're saying, but um, yeah, now that you're not talking really about it anymore or describing it, all of a sudden now the audio is like that happens. <laughs> clear. Yeah, it's it's not uh, cutting out or anything. That happens. That's why I typically don't like to choose a video software because I I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's the energy and telling the story or maybe it's people listening and maybe like, you know, just screwing with us intentionally. But no, every time I use video chat and everything, that's when the problems start happening is when people start getting really into um, telling their side of things is that I think it's. You know, it's like I've had calls dropped and, and freeze up, lock up and stuff. So I, I'm sorry, but I have the audio on my end. Um, I recorded it. And so if you need to hear the vials or record again, um, hopefully this will be at least, you know, my end of things so you can hear the voice without it freezing. Always have an analog. That's that's what I kind of use this for. Because at least this isn't, this isn't online. This is all until I put it online. So this is all at least analog as as much yeah. as we can get it a backup, you know. But yeah, I'm not streaming or anything on on um on my end. Uh, so hopefully fingers crossed you guys got a, a preserved copy of it. Yeah. 
you know. So, sometimes it, it cuts off, it'll like cut out like that when we're recording, but then when I go back and listen to it, it's fine. But if for some, because I feel like it's really important what you're describing, uh, especially with these two, uh, or the photos, if it is cutting out, I would definitely be reaching out to, to get that audio so that people, or I guess can hear clearly, but, uh, but I'll, I'll check it uh, as soon as we're done here just to make sure. No problem. And thank you very much for letting me um, share that event, share that experience, because I haven't had anyone to talk to about that. Um, typically, even in my own podcast, um, while I've described it before, I believe I, I described it on Instagram and did a, a video on it, um, that that it was, you know, now that I think about it, it was it was actually very, very shocking to have seen both those in one night. But it's it's part of just yeah. you know when you when you open your eyes when I opened my eyes I started seeing these things multiple times a year different calibers different intensities and it's been as consistent as it still is since uh, 2012 I would say 2012 is when these things started happening and they did didn't stop and uh, since then uh, went through. Um, my attempts at trying to make sense of it, to denying it, to making peace with it, to embracing it, and then now becoming, you know, like, I, I am absolutely trying to um, prove it. You know, I am trying to capture as much evidence of it as possible. I know, um, yeah, I already have captured a lot of evidence, but I mean, I am trying to find that smoking gun. I am trying to find that video a clip that I can record or, you know, uh, audio that I can record or, or picture that I can, I can snap. That's going to be undeniable. And I think, you know, that, that you guys are already seeing that I, I am, you know, legit and I am trying my best at trying to capture these things because, because they're all around and it's, they're not even hiding anymore as far as I'm concerned. Like they are, they are in the open like they are they're just walking amongst us. You know, like it's like I feel like that movie They Live where it's like you put on the magic glasses and then all of a sudden you start seeing the world as it really is. Like, you know, people are like you put on the glasses and the, the people are monsters and shit walking around the bank and the store and you're like like you know, like holy shit. Because it's like that, you know, you start start thinking about things and it becomes very obvious that we aren't alone. That 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 everyone is dealing with something and it's just a matter of listening and, and keeping an open mind and keeping open eyes to see it. So thank you all very much. Yeah. Thank you very much for, well, I, 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 I yeah, I'm, I'm super like excited, but also bummed that it was like a half and half kind of sort of episode because like, I still want to keep talking to you, but also <laughs> Like going in at an hour and a half, so this might be another like a. Well, I would definitely come back on. Yeah, I talk more, or maybe if I just, yeah. I definitely come back on. Yeah, definitely. And and being South Texas creators, being independent paranormal investigators from Texas and from South Texas, I definitely want to keep working with you guys. You know, at least to kind of uh, really really get to that point where. We gotta stick together. We gotta network with each other, and we gotta kind of uh, make south texas a, a big center for this paranormal investigation we gotta we gotta do yeah, as much as we can to kind of keep it uh, 
you know, for Texans, by Texans, but, you know, as a gift to the world. Corpus Christi Spook Central and uh, My Paranormal Journal, also Texas, uh, their Texas Paranormal, paranormal, uh, paranormal Journal. Paranormal Review. Journal, sorry. My Paranormal, my paranormal Story. Sorry. I, I do it every time. <laughs> I always, and I always do that to, to, to my, uh, my Paranormal Stories as well. So Paranormal Journal, Corpus Christi uh, Spook Central, both also South Texas uh, investigators as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, CC Spook is uh, uh, super famous down here and everything. They're the ones who did the Lexington, and they've uh, worked all around. They've been on all these major TV networks and everything. Um, definitely always love to see CC Spook uh, working and everything. I think they've done a lot to highlight Corpus Christi's haunted history and locations and things. Definitely uh, like the fact that they're from the area, yeah. What's, what's Dan's also? Uh, Hasta la Muerte more... Chronicles. Yeah, he, he usually does the history portion of like hauntings uh, in different places here in, in South Texas as well. Though uh, he, He's like the historian basically and he's actually brothers with uh, uh, Joseph from Paranormal Journal. But yes. yeah, he does the history portion and then the investigation portion is, is done by Paranormal Journal. It's very, very um, interesting and fun to also watch his content too. And we had Monty on as well from Spook City, or yeah, Spook Central. Sorry, from uh, Corpus Christi Spook Central, uh, on the on the episode too. If y'all want to check that uh, check that out, that's episode eighty six with Monty Prescott. So, yeah. but is there anything that you would like to promote, Tex, one more time? Uh, just because I don't think that we did that at the beginning. So if you could let oh, yeah. everybody know uh, also where they could find you and um, social medias and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, easiest uh, way to find my social media is just through Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Text and Linktree slash Beyond Top Secret Text. And all one word, lowercase, it brings you up to the directory. Uh, social media is Instagram and Twitter currently. Um, YouTube, I got a YouTube channel um, and the podcast. And I got a, most of my effort in the podcast right now. Hundreds of episodes uh, available in the archive, uh, but currently, uh, just the the last two months of episodes are gonna be you know available for free and everything. But the, the two most recent months, just because it helps out with uh, you know uh, the archive and the membership and all that, so check it out. But if you have any kind of uh, questions or interest in a subject, check out the archives. If you get a chance, maybe I've talked about an episode. Check out the YouTube videos, hundreds of YouTube videos on this subject uh, covering everything from alien abduction to the secret space program to uh, the cryptids, cryptozoology, uh, the paranormal, the occult, um, basically all the general interests of the paranormal that I kind of follow, as well as interviews with other creators, um, different kinds of genre pieces where I talk about different media um, all of that's going to be available on the YouTube channel, you know, just if you go through the, uh, through the episodes, it's all there and the podcast going to be putting out new episodes about three a week and going to be keeping that schedule for 2023 and, um, definitely look forward to, uh, 
just presenting as much information regarding the supernatural and the the conspiratorial and the occult, um, not only for this next year, but as far into the future as, you know, I, I have left, I have, you know, left in my life to keep doing it. Because this is exactly what I would love to do. This is exactly what I was born to do. And this is um, exactly what I hope to die doing. So, yeah, hopefully that's not an ominous prediction, knock on wood. But, you know, at the same time, um, I wouldn't mind doing this, you know, for the rest of my life. I really wouldn't. So hopefully I can still, you know, keep doing it and do it full time. So, yeah, that's the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. Uh, Type in Beyond Top Secret Texan on any search bar. It should bring it up. Although I'm extremely shadow banned, I'm extremely censored, uh, and I'm extremely, uh, uh, you know, well, obs- uh, uh, obs- uh, basically obfuscated, obscured by the uh, powers to be, the big tech companies and the big social media companies. Like, I know people who, when they search for me on Instagram, get multiple warnings. Uh, have to basically type in the entire yes. Beyond Top Secret Texan name to pull up the information. Um, Twitter, uh, same thing. I actually had somebody search up my my channel, and it's just like um, like reply boost uh, denial, you know, shadow banning, uh, search suppression, uh, you know, just every single thing muting. Uh, results, all of it was was under my name, and it's absolutely verifiable that I've been shadow banned. The data doesn't lie. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna say I have a like, super successful podcast. I understand that people don't know who I am, and I don't even know really uh, how many listeners or followers I have in total. But um, you know, I I can prove through analytics. I can prove through the insight that those social media, like Instagram, provides and everything that I am. 100% shadow banned, 100% um, limited in my, my reach and all that. And, you know, I appreciate every single supporter. I appreciate every single listener. I appreciate every single person who even checks out one episode and gives me even five minutes of their time. But uh, absolutely, it's 100% a word-of-mouth effort. It's a grassroots effort. It's an underground effort. and But it's an effort of love, and it's an effort of passion. It's something I'm never going to give up. Regardless of no one even listens to the podcast at all, you know, and I can't reach a single person, I'd still be making episodes because this is, you know, what I know to do, what I what I have to do, basically, is, is just keep talking, keep telling my side of the story. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. And, and, I mean, just with what you shared with us today, like, sounds like you know you should. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, I get into it for like the fun of it but i've never like really gotten into it yeah dove in deep and and i yeah so i think now i have to go listen to your podcast and just dive in deep too um but hopefully not see any mantids or creepy reptilian even like creatures i don't know if i could i would have to get out of that as soon as the moment that i saw anything like that so maybe not too deep yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks again, Tex, for for being on. I again, like I said, can't wait for people to check out these photos and, and hear your experiences. And, and thank you for having us on on your show as well. It was um, 
going to be on the other side, I guess. Well, thank you very much for doing what you do. It's it's very important that you provide a place like you are for people, you know, the little guy, the people who aren't professionals, the people who aren't on the circuit, the people who aren't. But at the same time, yeah, just to provide the South Texas perspective and to provide that Texas um, genuine, like, heartfelt, like, you know, interest in the subject. I think that means the world to a lot of people. I think that's really special. And you guys keep doing what you're doing and, you know, provide that for, for the world. So thank you very much. Um, we believe ellipses, uh, do you and, uh, podcast. And thank you very much, Eric and Michelle Connor. Thank you very much for having me on as a guest. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. You took the chance and everything. So thank you very much. I think, uh, you know, working together in the future, being back on to tell a little bit more of my side of things yeah, would be you. really cool. Yeah, of course. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, no, well, no, we, we will. So thank <laughs> just, you. Just give, it, give us a few, a few months, a few episodes, and yeah, because I'm, I'm not done here yet, but we, we do have to be done here too, so for sure. <laughs> I know your time is valuable and everything like that, so I won't hold you up for any for any bit longer than I have to. So thank you all very much, and uh, yeah, thank you. I was like, gonna say this is more of a of a reverse thing. We just don't want to keep your time, but I actually probably should because it's getting late. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't worry, guys. If you're just as excited as I am, we will have them back on. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you very much, and um, everybody listening on my end of things, listening to the podcast at home for myself, uh, list, like your Beyond Top Secret Texan fans out there in Dreamland, Namaste and Shalom, Iron Sharpens Iron, a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, I've been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Thank you very much. God bless you and your families. Peace out. <laughs>